You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders, and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes, and hear about their interesting experiences. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Startup Playground Podcast. It's me, your host Elvis, and today we got two entrepreneurs. This time, it's Christian and Daniel, founders of Nutscale, which in English means a nutshell. Nutscale's mission is to provide organic, high-quality nuts for Danish market at a reasonable price, which are rich in flavor and aroma. Hey, hello. Hey. How are you doing? We're good. Could you maybe tell me how is being an entrepreneur in this fast-moving world? Well, I would say that being an entrepreneur in this fast-paced world, you have to be really focused in what you're doing. You have to be able to adapt yourself to uh, new trends or whatever is right now trendy. These are the main things, and you also have to be able to communicate really well with people. Because I think this is one of the most important things when having a successful business. Do you agree? Yes, but I also think that to be an entrepreneur in this fast-paced world, you need to have the willingness to constantly adapt to changes and take decisions all the time. Before I'm asking about you, the company, how long is the company operating? The company is operating more than a year and a half already. It went through some changes and through some rough patches, as I think most of companies go when they begin. But at one point, we just started gaining momentum. So I would say the main work is for around one year that we have done. The first half a year was the valley of death, as they call it. And and how is it currently? Is it exciting to be in this, you know, entrepreneurial movement? Yes, I would say that it's really exciting to be in it, and I think everyone, every young person, should try to focus on that part if they want to be not only successful for the for their own self, but also to be independent and to have their own business instead of just working in an office. Okay, so the main main thing that you see as entrepreneurship is to be independent. Yes, I would say independent. Also, uh, you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do, the thing you are passionate about, and I think this is the most important thing to do the thing that you're most passionate about. Okay, I totally agree. You need to really have passion if you are want to kind of succeed with your startup. In that case, tell me, Christian, what can you tell me more about yourself? Well, I'm an entrepreneur who came to Denmark like five years ago. I came here to study, and besides that, I'm involved in a business with my partner Daniel. So that business is the most exciting part of my journey here in Denmark. And since we started that journey with Noskel, I felt myself really productive, and that I'm really growing, and I'm doing my passion to have to be an entrepreneur and to have a successful business one day. Tell me about you. Daniel, where are you guys from? We are both from Bulgaria, and for me, I, it's already been almost five years since I'm in Denmark. 
First, I have studied uh, multimedia design, which is the part where I am mostly passionate about in the business. I try to help with the visual identity and the branding part, as well as websites. But then I wanted to make something more rather than just being a designer. That's why I chose to study uh, entrepreneurship. And that's why I aimed for being an entrepreneur and have my own business. Would you may maybe go back to, you know, like nine to five job? Uh, Could you imagine yourself going back to, you know, let's yeah. say working under some other guy and, you yeah. know. Well, basically, we are still at the moment where we cannot provide only for ourselves from the business. So we still have that nine to five job. But probably I think I speak, I'm speaking for both of us. It's the goal we both want to achieve to just have only the business for ourselves. And it doesn't mean that when you have your own business, you're going to have less work or work less hours. I think even for a business, you have to be 24-7. But it's just another type of feeling when you know you're working for yourself and you're not getting a salary, but rather just like making profit from whatever you're doing. So I think this is the most important part. Do you agree? Christian. Yes, and actually when you work for yourself, you have the freedom to decide when you need to work and when you when you don't want to work. Most of the time you work more than are than you're going to work in, in a normal job from nine to five, but it's way more, more worth it than a regular job. I totally will agree with you. And I guess the rest of the entrepreneurs have been interviewing before have had said the same thing. That, you know, it's really exciting to be in this one and you are independent, you know, you yeah. can control your own time and turn your passion into lucrative career in this case. That's also one of the reasons why I started podcasting. Moving forward, uh, what are your personal life goals? Maybe you tell me, Daniel, first. Yes, well, my personal life goals would be to become a successful entrepreneur, but not only that. I'm also going to emphasize a little bit on our company goal here when I tell that we really want to help the environment as well as the planet because there, even recently, it's a really, really big problem that gets publicity because of the climate change, the pollution with plastic. So our goal for the company is to help saving the environment as well as the planet. And also this is a personal goal for me, which I want to achieve by doing the business itself. And you, Christian? I totally agree with you, Daniel. I just want to add that one of my personal life goals is to be a successful person, not only a successful entrepreneur. And you said most about the business, so I have the same goals as you said. That's why you are in the same company, you know. Exactly. Because you have a common life goals. What was your driving force of basically moving into an entrepreneurial, you know, you mentioned being independent and controlling your time, but you know, there must be something, you know, else why you decide to kind of go through all these struggles and obstacles and everything and not getting, you know, permanent salary and, you know. Well, since I was young, I was good at solving problems and the entrepreneurship is mostly solving problems. So that's the force that drive me to start helping people solving their problems and then make business from that. How about you, Daniel? Yes, well, I would say that also another thing that kind of pushed me to become an entrepreneur is the risky life, that you have to take risks all of the time just to have something successful. Because if you don't take risks, I think everyone can agree on that. You cannot be successful in a business. If you are 
just every time going for the safe things, it's you're in your comfort zone. And if you cannot get out of your comfort zone, you cannot be successful. I love that feeling. I love to get out of my comfort zone. So that's another thing that pushed me to become entrepreneur. So you're a player, Daniel. <laughs> you can say that. Okay, I like it. I like it. I mean, you also can get, uh, you know, broke very fast yes. in an entrepreneurial environment. It's a, it's a sl- slippy slope. One yes. of the entrepreneurs told me that one day. It's a really thin line between yes. success yes. and becoming broke, yes. as you said. See, that's the thing. Do you agree, yeah, Christian, with this? See, so that's kind of like this interesting choice that we, a lot of young people we are taking in this case. Now I would like to hear more about Nutskele. Maybe you could tell me, I know I mentioned before that the mission of you is to provide uh, organically high-quality nuts, but there must be something else that you do. So what does Nutskele offers or what services does Nutskele offer? Okay, so basically we have a few services, but the most important is that we go straight to the farmers when we purchase our raw products. So in that way, we make a connection between the customer and the farmer, and they get the most qualified nuts straight from the producer, which is one of the things that our competitor cannot provide. So as a service, we offer delivery of bulk raw product, or we supply offices by catering of nuts. We have a few different packages depending on the size of the office. We also supply small shops with products packaged by our own brand in a small packages of 50 grams. Daniel, if you want to add something. Yes. So our main goal is not only selling of the product. Since we started, we wanted to be, as I already said, as environmentally conscious as possible. That's why we started with the biodegradable packaging, which is 100% biodegradable, made from uh, recycled paper. And at first we had labels, but now we even got rid of those labels and have print on demand with uh, plant-based ink, which is entirely sustainable. Our products are fully organic, no pesticides. So we are not only selling our product, we are selling the idea of having sustainable business and promoting that sustainability in order to help our planet without using plastic or whatever else you think of. I really, I really like the packages because yesterday I was checking. I, you mentioned that you have different sizes. I mm-hmm. just saw this um, packaging with organic paper, I believe it is, yep. right? It's 100% biodegradable. Yeah. Yesterday I also was uh, telling one of my friends that, you know, I'm going to meet up with you. And we were kind of thinking about this packaging, you know, because uh, I was telling that, you know, it's, as you mentioned. Biodegradable, yes. Yeah. And he said that, does it like, you know, like a pre- push a button and it's kind of dissolves. But I said, no, I mean, it dissolves over time, you know. Come yeah. On. We don't live in that far future yet. Yes. But because plastic takes a lot more time to dissolve and that's why it's the main source of pollution. This is how is it? It's not a button. No, no, no. It would no, have no, been no. nice to be a button, no, but yeah, there yeah. is no such thing. No, yet. it's just you know, an inside joke. Yes, <laughs> I would say that. Could you maybe tell me the story behind the name? How did you come up with this name, and why it's not international? Why it's more Scandinavian type? Yes. Name. So uh, it's a funny story actually. At the beginning, we started with a really, really different name. It was called Bulnola, which is basically Bulgarian nuts in translation. 
but because of the language barrier, we didn't knew that bull was also like bull in English, the, the animal bull. And bull nuts didn't sound really family friendly. We heard it from people who are in the business and Danish people. So they were like, are you sure that's the right name? And when we understood the reference that it gives to people, we understood that it's not a good name for a product. So we had to pivot quickly for the name, especially, and uh, we just brainstormed a lot. I had the idea from, there was a shop making pancakes, like a pancake cafe, and their name was Pan, like the pan that you make the pancakes from. So I was thinking, okay, shouldn't we go for something? Because I know it's a little cheesy, but it's also catchy when you know, like, where it comes from. So the, where the nut comes from, it comes from the nutshell. Yes. So that's how I got the idea. Christian approved it. At the beginning, it wasn't that, like, because uh, as I already said, it sounded a bit cheesy, but then it kind of got the momentum. So we just stick with it. And that's the story of the name. And it's a Scandinavian name because we are operating in Denmark. So it was best to have the name in Danish. Okay. So, yeah. A question, are you thinking kind of expand across the borders of Denmark? Because I know you, you're mentioning now Denmark and everything. And I also checked that you are mostly covering the Danish market, right? Are you thinking to expand outside the borders of Denmark? Yes, our goal will be to expand to other Scandinavian countries for a beginning. We also have bigger scalability things going on in our mind, but we first have to expand in Denmark, then expand in Scandinavia, and from then on we'll think about where to expand from there. And probably if that hopefully someday happens, we'll need to change the name because it won't be only Scandinavia or Denmark, so we'll think about it when the time comes. Yes, one step at a time. Yes. What industry does the business operate in? Is it export-import? Yes, it is export-import. As I already said, everything comes straight from the farms in Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. Because yesterday when I was uh, checking also your website, I saw that you, as you mentioned, it comes straight from the farmers to the um, consumers. So you basically kind of cut out the middle person. Exactly. That's what we're doing. We cut out the middle person. So people have the transparency with us. They don't go through a wholesaler, then to a shop. Because nowadays, a lot of companies like go through a few people until it gets to the end user. So we just want to cut that off. So people are more trustworthy when buying a product and they know where it comes from. And also it will save costs and people will get it cheaper. And now since you are talking about cheaper and nuts, why Denmark has such expensive nuts? Yes, well, there is a story behind all that. Since it's probably well known that Danish people are crazy about marzipan and almonds in overall, and marzipan is made from almond flour. So because of the high usage of almond flour and almonds in general, they put a tax only on almonds. I think it was around 20 years ago, something like that. I don't know, like long time ago. Yes. And they put that tax only on almonds. But since people became irritated with only having expensive almonds, the government decided not to drop off the tax, but just to put a big tax on all of the nuts. So that's why all the nuts in Denmark are still really, really expensive. They have an additional tax that you have to pay for nuts. Luckily for us, and I think for almost every nut seller in Denmark, from the beginning of 2020, 
that tax is going to drop off entirely. So I think this is a really good step to becoming more accessible to people. Also, I want to add something about that tax. Government decided to put a tax because of that marzipan. So people were buying almonds by themselves and then they were making a marzipan by themselves. And at that time, the marzipan was a luxury product. So the government didn't want to give people access to all that. So that's why they decided to put the tax on. Okay. So basically the problem that you are solving is that you are cutting out the middle person? Is that the problem that Nutskele mm. offers? Or is it that you offer much higher quality nuts than you know currently offered on the Danish market? Well, basically we are first of all giving like lower price to people second of all is as you said the quality which ensures by because in bulgaria it's not that highly developed country there are not a lot of technologies implemented in agriculture or every other industry in overall and because of that in agriculture most of the things are done as you can say the old way and the old way means no pesticides no chemicals involved doing it with hand, with human uh, hands. And that's where the thing comes that most of the production in Bulgaria is organic, not because they aim for it, but because it's not that developed and development, it's not always a good thing. This is an example for it. Yeah, I agree with you. You totally agree, Christian. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Because um, I'm originally from Latvia, as I have mentioned before. When I came to Denmark, I really like nuts. I'm addicted to peanuts. If somebody gives me a package of peanuts, it can be like fast disappearing. And it's like a, a addiction, seriously, high, high addiction. And when I came to Denmark, I saw the prices of the nuts in, you know, normal shops like Netto and Fakta. And I was kind of shocked at that point that the nuts in my country cost cheaper, twice cheaper, I would mm -hmm. say, than in Denmark. But now it's kind of explains because you tell about the tax that, you know, they put it, you know. It was also surprising for us when we came to see such high prices, especially for the organic products. It was not twice, it was four or five times more expensive than in Bulgaria, which oh, yeah. was really surprising for us because we also love nuts, as you can say. We are in that business not only because we want to make money or whatever. That's why we wanted to kind of share that feeling and also it's not only the feeling but also the quality of the nuts because i think this was the main focus for us to go with that business because the quality i i wouldn't say is bad in denmark it's really good quality but it's only for the organic products which is really 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 expensive and i can see why it's the trend and most of the farms in denmark are done with pesticides and that's why it's not organic we wanted to change that in a way also, we did that because when we were young, well, at least me, I think Daniel as well, when I was young, I was eating a lot of nuts at home and I love nuts. So when I came to Denmark, I couldn't afford buying such expensive nuts. And then in the same time, the quality was not good enough. So the taste was not exactly the same as what I have been eating before. So that's why we decided to bring that experience, that taste to the consumers here in Denmark. The childhood memories yeah. in a way. Yeah. That's also something that I saw on your website when I was checking. Yeah, I mean, it's nice when you grow up in a country that offers nuts in that variety and, uh, as you mentioned, high quality. Actually, it's not only nuts. It's the same with every product from the agricultural business. 
like the products that we have been eating in the childhood in Bulgaria have much more taste than the products that we can get right now here in Denmark. Yeah, and when I was a child, it wasn't like we go to the shop to buy them. We went to my grandmother's house and she had everything in her backyard. Like she had nuts, she had vegetables, everything was fresh out from the garden, organic, no add-ons, rich taste, good taste. So yeah, as he already said, it's a combination not only from nuts, but all types of agricultural things in Bulgaria have that kind of taste, the, the real taste. And that's, I think it's an issue in Denmark because they have really, really, I would say even plastic, especially for the vegetable, vegetables, plastic vegetables, they don't have any taste. And they, when you cut it off, it's basically like you're cutting off plastic. And I think in future, probably we might go to that part of product selling, but that's in far future because we also want to share that experience with them as well, not only with nuts, but also with all kinds of products that we have grown up with. Yeah, because there is nothing more tasteful than a product straight from the tree or straight from the garden. And yeah, we basically want to bring that in here. I will totally agree with you because I also have grown up with freshly grown tomatoes and cucumbers and, and all the spices and everything. And yeah, I also have been in Greece And one time I was passing one local seller's uh, market and uh, passing by, I had the smell of tomato. You know, this unique smell of tomato. I have never felt that taste and, and smell in Denmark at all. Maybe in somewhere where they actually sell it for a really high price, this organic tomatoes and whatever, other vegetables. Anyway, yesterday also, and I was checking some interesting facts about nuts thing that I found out was published in an article on a health-related facts with the headline, three surprisingly bad things that can happen if you eat too many nuts. I, I'm not sure do you know about them, but uh, some of the facts that I found out, first one, you gain weight quickly. And I used to train a lot and uh, I also was eating nuts. I mean, it's healthy part of the diet eating like a handful of nuts. But uh, the reason why they mention it is because uh, nuts are extra calorie dense and uh, they have more energy per ounce than other foods. Another thing that I found out is that you have a digestive issues. And that's because of compounds in nuts called the phytatis and tannis. Sorry for, you know, maybe I'm not pronouncing correctly these uh, compounds. And it can cause uh, gas and bloating if you eat too many of them. And also it makes it difficult to digest. And the third one that was very shocking to me is your hair falls out, your nails get brittle, your breast stinks, and your muscles and joints might begin to etch. But these symptoms are psyllium poisoning, which are rare but seriously conditioned that you can get from eating too many Brazilian nuts. They mentioned only Brazilian nuts. Do you agree with one of those facts? Maybe you can argue on it. Yes. Well, on the first one, I can definitely argue. I don't know how you can gain weight from nuts. Like if it's really excessive usage of nuts, like in excessive, I would say around half a kilo a day or something like that. Probably you can, but 
I would also ask, wouldn't you gain from everything? Like, even if you eat half a kilo of vegetables every day, wouldn't you gain weight at some point as well? Another thing is that they do have fats, but they have the omega fatty, omega-3 acid, which is the healthy type of fats, which they don't make you gain weight faster, but they are, even you can look it up in internet and see that they have the right type of fats inside, which help you and make you more healthier rather than help you gain weight. I would also argue on the third one, I don't have the facts for the skin and for the the hair falling, but I'm pretty sure with just a quick, simple Google search, you can find that it's not right. I also know that they help with skin problems. So I'm not entirely sure. I don't have a scientific proof, but I think the third one is also not right. Well, for the first one that you said, Yes, you get a lot of fats from the from the nuts if you eat a lot. But if you're used to train a lot, then you need those natural fats. They will more help you than harm you. So that's why also when we uh, decided how to make our subscriptions based on how many employees you have in the office, we made academic research about how many nuts you have to eat per day. And from that research, we decided what we can offer to those companies, depending on their employees' number. Also, for the second fact that you said, well, once I ate like more than half a kilo of almonds for one night. And then, believe me, it was not good. But that happens when you eat a lot from everything. So you cannot... Yeah, excessive eating. Yeah. It's like that. Even if you even if you drink a lot of water, you won't feel good. And, yeah, exactly. And water doesn't harm you in any way. But if you drink, like I would say, five liters in one hour, you would probably have problems. So eat with conscious and eat the right. The, the right amount that you need. Don't eat too much. Totally will agree on this, yes. Because, I mean, what's too much, it's not too good for you, right? Everything can cause some health issues. Absolutely. Yeah. If you eat, if you drink, if you smoke, whatever else, not else, you know. Recently, I discovered, you know, that the milk that we currently purchase in shops, you know, they can cause bloating and they can cause inflammation. Yes. And a lot of people are recently noticing, my personally myself, because, you know, when I drink ordinary milk, even though it's ecological, I have this, you know, this feeling that I'm like puffing like a balloon. Mm-hmm. Or it's the same cheese and everything. So I'm kind of trying to switch to non-dairy... Non-dairy products. Yeah, I never thought it's going to happen in my life, but you know. Now I would like to know about the stage, because uh, you mentioned that Nitzkele is one and a half year old. Yeah, so basically, what is your current stage of your startup? It's a mostly like a growth phase, because we already have some customers buying a big box. And right now we are going to another market, which is something completely different, but the same product. So it's another service. So I would say that it's a growth stage. Okay. Is it high competition here for basically organic nuts? Yeah, the competition is high, but our differentiation is that we bring our products from EU, which gives us leverage over our competitors. And also the other thing is that we're not only promoting our product but we're also promoting the trend with sustainability so we're doing two things at a time 
as well as we want to help people realize the benefits from buying our product, that it's not only the product itself. So you would say that that's what differentiates you from your competitors? Yes. As Daniel said, the sustainability, our straight line with the farmers, and that the, our product comes from EU. And the quality, I yeah, would say. Yeah, and the quality, of course. We always want to have the highest quality. We, we do our monitoring checks in person. We go to actually see the product, see where they come from, meet with the farmers. So we have that transparency. Also having like the highest amount of checking when it comes to the product. So we just not give something that we, we wouldn't like. We want to be sure on that. And we are really picky on our suppliers. So you would say that you add more personal touch to every nut? Exactly. Yes. And hopefully in the soon future, we would have our own gardens in Bulgaria, which is a project that we have for a long time. It's not a recent project. We actually won a crowdfunding campaign on co-op regarding that project. And things are in motion, but just it takes a lot more time, a lot more preparation than, than we anticipated at the beginning. We want to make it perfect. We, we need to hire specialists so everything is the right way done. So we need to put up a little bit more money so we can do it the right way. And we hopefully going to do it in a year span, I would say, in one year we're going to have. But since it's a long-term thing, like you have to wait for the trees to grow, in one year, it's going to be done, but the first production is going to be in three, four, even five years. Yes. That sounds very exciting. I already thought that you have some, your own gardens where you basically grow into nuts, but it's not yet in... It's not because it's a really big investment, first of all. And second of all, we want to do it the right way. We don't just want to have gardens. We want to do it as, as good as possible. And it takes a lot of time. First, to, to make it right, in the right timing, and then to wait for the production. It's a long-term project, you can say. Exactly. Everything is long. Everything takes time, you know, but, but it's going to add a more personal touch and it's going to add more, you know, value to the current startup. Also, I was checking about the competition and I found three of them that kind of stood out among all the other ones. The first one was Active Foods that not only offer nuts, but also offer nutritional foods, a different kind of powders and different kind of drinks and beverages. The second one was Nude Bazarin. Maybe you have heard about them. And the third one was Vanksgard Treat. What they claim is that the nuts are from all around the world. And it's, as I understood, was a family business. Maybe you have heard of one of them. Well, yeah, one of those that you mentioned, Nude Bazarin. We are cooperating with them and we supply them with our high quality nuts. Actually, they were our first big customer. So we have a really good relationship with them. And the other two, yes, they are competitors, but in a different field, I would say. Like we aim only for the specific nuts that we have in Bulgaria and that we can provide with the highest quality. So that's the difference between us and those competitors. Yeah, you can say we are focused only on that. And as you said, Active Foods, they also sell nutritions, which is, as probably you have heard that before, you would rather go to a small restaurant with a really small menu, like three to four things, and you know that they are done with really 
high quality rather than to go to a big restaurant that has 10 pages menu and they have a lot of things. So we want to be seen as kind of boutique place where you have only a few products, but they are with a really high quality and they have been picked by us with special care. And it's not something that you would buy in, as you said, active store or wherever. That's why we specialize only on a few type of nuts. Do you agree? Yeah. Also, we started with another types. Like we, we had like walnuts, then roasted hazelnuts and raw hazelnuts. But because most of the people don't like raw hazelnuts, we decided to switch with almonds, which basically everybody likes here. So yeah, those are the three products that we have in our product portfolio. You also mentioned uh, this word boutique, right? That means a shop. Have you thought about uh, having in a future a shop where you know you can go and buy the nuts? Well, we don't have a plan to have our own shop, but we would just have a partnership or cooperation with some of the big brands. I mean big brands of in terms of shops or even 7-Eleven so that we can just sell our product there at places that are already there. We are not thinking of having our own shop or neither going to the B2C segment where we sell online. So we prefer to sell our products to established resellers in Denmark, which already have the customers. Interesting. Very interesting, I would say. I am getting more convinced to purchase nuts from you than rather go to Netto and buy the nuts. And I also have tried one of your nuts in one of the events that we met before, and, and they are high quality and really has this aroma that you know a nut has to have. Anyway, moving forward a little bit, and now I would like to know about the obstacles. Every startup has had those, and I believe that you also have had those. So what are your biggest obstacles within your startup, and have you overcome them? Well, we had really big obstacles in the beginning when we started this business, because neither me, neither Daniel have an experience with business at all. So... That's why we didn't validate our market correct and we were aiming to deliver nuts, actually walnuts, to bakeries. But our project didn't succeed because we didn't validate our market. And then we had to pivot to distributing nuts on bulks to uh, resellers. So basically that was an obstacle that we overcome it. And I would also add to that that because of that we didn't have any expertise or background in business, we were also, in terms of how we have to handle the things, not aware the right way to do them. We were doing it, you can say, by gut feeling. In some situations, we got lucky and we were right by the way that we did it with the gut feeling, but in some situations, we weren't. So in time, um, when we were getting more and more into it, as well as studying at the same time entrepreneurship, which really helped us skyrocket, I would say, from the point we were before we started the education and after that, we knew more and more with time. We were studying a lot of new things that were really valuable for us and for our business. And also um, getting into the incubator and an incubator environment really, really soon in our uh, studies. It was a really helpful step for us to also see the environmental mindset, also see other young people as us students who are trying to make their own business. 
And I would really like to thank all the teachers in uh, CPH business and also the incubator staff and the people in the incubator for our development in the recent year. It's really great to have a network of like-minded people and people who support it. And Denmark, as mentioned also in the previous podcasts from one of the entrepreneurs, many of them, is that uh, this environment that Denmark has provided for startups are really well-developed and it really supports these new startups. And I also, personally, me, I feel it also the same. Because there are a lot of people with unique ideas and um, they are maybe, I would not say unmotivated, but they are maybe too scared to go into it. And thanks to this environment, it's much easier to adapt and to implement new ideas. I believe that you agree, right? Yeah, yep. definitely. And it's easier to get out of the box that way when you see other people doing it. So you just push yourself to do it as well. Actually, recently I have read an article about entrepreneurship in general in Europe. And Denmark is the most easiest place to start a business and to grow. I also have read something similar to that subject. One of the questions that I am always asking, and I know it's not possible to kind of turn back the time, but let's imagine that you could like rewind those years, right? And would be able to start all over again. What would you do different? Well, as I already said, market validation and research, we would do it 10 times better than what we did. And the outcome would be different. And also as our teachers in school say, Validation is the thing that you start from. If you don't have validation, you cannot have a business because everything would be based on assumption and a business cannot be based on assumption. If you don't have it validated with a really thorough research, nevertheless, if it's primary or secondary, you have to have as much data to put that research in and then to validate all the things that you have in terms of value proposition. And mostly to validate your customer base because if you don't have a customer, you don't have a business. If you have one customer, you have a proof of concept that your solution is right and you can actually sell it. That's the most important thing when you start a business. Yes, and teachers are repeatedly, repeatedly tell us, telling all this, but you know, when we start our own business, we kind of forget all these things because you know, we kind of don't want to follow the manual. We want to kind of be this rebel that create our own thing. I personally, I'm talking from my own perspective because that's how I feel it. and then you know kind of like you wind those memories and those lessons when you are teacher told you like hey you know you have to do this and this and this and this and then you're like oh yeah right I had to <laughs> yeah totally right thanks to our teachers thanks to our <laughs> teachers I'm really enjoying talking to you and I'm already getting hungry for those nuts in the future <laughs> I wanted to ask some of the things that you could uh, suggest to other entrepreneurs since, you know, you've been in this environment for a while. And one of the things that I would like to know are the key activities that you would uh, like to recommend to other entrepreneurs to invest their time in. What are basically the key activities that you would like to suggest? Well, as I already said, research, research, research and validation. That's all that they have to invest their time in. Yes, that's one of the things. I, and it's really important. Don't get me that I would say that it's not important. 
But not only that, I would also add for you to have the feeling that you want to do that, to have the passion inside yourself. Because if you're doing something only because you think it's going to make you money, it's going to make you money until some point. And then comes the point where you think, okay, I'm not enjoying this. Or even you won't even have that point, but something will happen and everything will go to, to shit and you have to just start over again. So if you don't have the passion, just find whatever you're passionate about and then start doing it, not the other way around. These things have to go in that order. That's what I have to say to people who want to start entrepreneurship. I agree, definitely. And I agree also. And every other entrepreneur have told me that you have to have passion behind what you're building. I believe it's one of the main crucial key activities that every entrepreneur has to have is passion and research. Totally agree with that. I know you're going to maybe repeat again yourself, you know, but I wish I knew before tips you started all this business. Are there any tips that you would like to suggest other entrepreneurs? Well, except research and validation. I would definitely suggest them to, to enroll in a program that can actually teach them because the entrepreneurship can be teached. Like only a small percentage of it is in yourself. So I would literally suggest that program in CPH business, it will definitely help. Yeah. And as you already said, like you are around 80% of the entrepreneurship can be taught, even though most people think every self-made entrepreneur is just lucky or he's talented. It doesn't go that way. Every person has to give a lot of effort to get where they are. Especially the most successful people, they have went through a lot of things to go where they are right now. And I would also go a little bit backwards and with giving some uh, opinion to people who want to start up. Uh, another thing I would recommend as well, and I would also say that we had to do it before that, is to become an expert in your field before you get into it. Meaning, let's say, for example, you want to become really good in movie making you have to be steven spielberg type of expert to get into it and you do that only by reading a lot being interested in it and there also is the connection with being uh, really passionate about it because if you're not passionate about it you cannot become an expert in a field i agree Me i too. agree you have to really be passionate about what you do if you want to succeed in the future Definitely, you need to be an expert in the field that you operate. I believe that we are in this environment that if you are capable of finding the right things, then you can learn a lot of things. For example, personally, me, I have never thought podcasting. I have listened to podcasts. I have graduate music school and everything. There are some things that kind of adds value to what I do, but I have never learned, you know, actually, you know, interviewing people. You learn these things on the way, and I believe that's the same for you. Uh, is there anything, Christian, you would like to say? Yeah, I would like to say that it doesn't matter what you do. If, if you don't become an expert in your field, there is no way for you to succeed. For example, in your, in your example with the podcasting, while you're working on that on the way, you're becoming an expert in that field. So that will help you to develop yourself and to actually be successful. Because if you don't do that, it's not going to work. Yeah, Do you agree with me? I totally agree. I totally agree with you, yes. It's connected in a way. Yeah. Like, 
it, it, it's not a must to be beforehand, like before you start. You can do it as you, as in your case, yeah. by doing it. It's also the same for yeah, us because yeah. we weren't experts at the beginning. But it's really helpful to do it. And also the topic about the passion. If you're not passionate, nothing can happen. I'm really happy that you have joined for this podcast. But before I kind of, we wrap it up, I wanted to kind of recap what we have been speaking about, what I had today. So today I've been visited by the founders of Nutscale, a Danish-based company that offers high-quality nuts for Danish market at a reasonable price, which are rich in flavor and aroma. Some of the things that differentiates Nutscale from other nut sellers are that they add a more personal touch and transparency. One of the things I found out after a very long time, why nuts are so expensive in Denmark is because of the tax. And I never thought about that there could be a tax on a nuts. You have been together as entrepreneurs and a founders and you know, in a company because you have a common life goals and one of them is help environment. The problem that Nerdscale solves, and I kind of knew it before, but it's kind of you kind of approved it, is that you cut out the middle person and you decrease the, the price of the nuts. And uh, some of the key activities that you have suggested for other entrepreneurs, research, validation, and passion. Exactly, absolutely. And also you have to put a lot of effort, as you, Daniel, mentioned, that you have put a lot of, a lot of effort if you want to achieve. And I totally agree. And also that business cannot be based on assumptions. That's kind of no go. That's where the validation comes in. That's where the validation comes in. Yes. And now, basically, I would like to know and I know that the listeners would like to know is where and how can people find you and read about the Nerdscale, about you and the company. You can find our products and services on our webpage, nerdscale.dk. And also you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Right now we are having a cooperation with Nerdbazaren where you can buy our walnuts about the roasted hazelnuts and our almonds. We don't have a stream to sell yet for a normal consumer, but we do sell our products to companies on packaging, as I already said, in small packages and big subscriptions. So you can have a look at our subscription plan on our website. And there, if you decide that you want one of those packages for yourself to have a handful snack every day, you can just contact us and order it, even though if you're not a company. And the social media? About the social media, as he already said, we have an Instagram and Facebook page. Our Facebook page you cannot only hear news and read news about uh, our company, but we also post a lot of things that give awareness on environmental issues and on sustainability in overall. And if you want, you can just follow us to be in touch with whatever we are posting in there. So Facebook is the place that for Nutscale everything happens? Yes, I would say that. Okay, cool. I will thank you guys for this lovely conversation and for telling me more about the startup and Nutscale. And I also hope that you have enjoyed this yes, podcast absolutely. experience. Have it been your first podcast experience, by the way? Yes, it was our first experience and it was a really nice experience. And thank you for that.
I thank you because without you, I would not be able to have this episode out. And I also definitely think that the listeners have enjoyed and I hope that some of them will also contact you. And uh, I will say thank you and goodbye for today. Yes, goodbye. Goodbye from us.